Every season of life has the potential of difficulty, hardship, or setback because you're facing uh, the obstacles of change and you're traveling, traveling or navigating in a direction that you've never gone before. So this is the advancement. So we're going to begin to move forward, but it takes us from a place of familiarity and a place of wandering as we enter into a land of promise. promise. Yes. See, there is so much more yet for you and I to discover in the heart of God for yourself. His kingdom of righteousness, his kingdom of peace, his kingdom of joy needs to be made manifest in my life and in my marriage, in my home, in my community, in my, in my extended family. So let's begin to recognize, okay, my days of wandering are over. So in Joshua chapter 1, 2, and 3, it's, it begins to speak there, and it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And God's speaking to Joshua here, and he comes out extremely clear, and he says, listen to me. This is my command for you in Joshua 9, and it says, be strong. Be strong and courageous. This is a word of the Lord to Joshua and to the people, but let it be a word to you. Even though scripture is an ancient text, not written to you, although it is God's word written for you. It was written to a people in a period of time that I'm not in. I wasn't there. But it's a living word, and this word is written for me. And might you hear the word of the Lord speaking to your heart? Be of good courage. Be strong, be courageous. And then it says, do not be afraid. And then it says, don't be afraid or discouraged, but be strong and courageous. So what happens here then in Joshua 1, 2, and 3? Joshua sends out two spies. They go into Jericho. They meet Rahab. Rahab hides them. And she's like, man, God's giving you this place, you know, and because I was good to you, will, you be, will your God be good to me? And guess what? She was. She was saved. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. These spies return and they come back and in three days, they begin to cross the Jordan River to enter into a land of promise. But you know what? It was not the most opportune time. In fact, it was a season where the waters were high. It was flood water season. Audrey, uh, born, raised in, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and there you have the Red River. You have the Red River Valley that flows from the south to the north. You don't need this geographical yeah, lesson, but it's kind of fun. And uh, it's very interesting because the Red River Valley is, is all clay-based and all of the water flows, and it ends up in Winnipeg. And what I'm saying is that during flood season, it is the most dangerous time, and you avoid the riverbanks at all costs. You don't go near them. They're, they're flowing quickly. Uh, there's debris. There's all kinds of things that are happening, and it's just like, no, now's not the time to cross that river. 
And God says, no, now's the time. You see, he's defying the odds already. He says, no, 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 no. He says, because I go before you. And he, and he gives extremely clear instructions. He says, take the ark first. And they take three steps into the Jordan. You see, the ark was the representation of his presence. Lord, unless you go before us, he says, I'm not going. God says, let my presence precede you. And as the presence entered the river, the obstacles, guess what happened? The water stopped flowing. Where? Joshua 3, it says, I love these details. It stopped at a place called Adam. A city, a town called Adam. Wow. Well, I'm just going to draw all kinds of fun stuff out of that. You know, because God's saying, you know, I've got you. He says, my promise. He says, you can't mess up my redemptive work in your life. He says, I will reverse the curse all the way back to Adam. He says, I will stop these floodwaters so that you might enter into a land of promise. All the way back. You're not good enough or smart enough to stop God's purposes for your life. His plan will prevail. I'm shouting. Oh, this. I knew I was being loud enough. All right, now we got that distraction over with. Let's enter the land, okay? So we enter a land flowing with milk and honey. We live in cities we do not build. We drink from wells we did not dig. And we eat from vineyards we did not plant. It's amazing what begins to happen. Now, here's what happened 40 years prior. Twelve spies entered the land for 40 days. And they began to go around and began to look. And they began to gather evidence. They came back and they reported to Moses. Ten of the twelve said, oh, dear Jesus. No, they didn't say that. <laughs> he hadn't come yet. <laughs> but the whole thing was is that, no, they, these are fortified cities. Not only that, but there's giants in the land. And we are like grasshoppers. We don't have a chance. And what happened is that there were two, Joshua, Caleb, and they said, oh, no, we can defy these odds. We can go and take the land. But fear gripped public opinion. Fear gripped and public opinion supersede faith of a heart. And an entire generation wandered for 40 years in a wilderness missing, inhabiting the promises that God had for them. Ten said, oh, no way. But two said, what? Let's go. So who are you? Who will you be? And I'm speaking to you, Vita Church. We are, say I am, one of the two that will defy the odds. I will trust God. Okay, one verse, and then I'm going to pass it on to Audrey. And it's this. And it's, you know, when you want to describe God, sorry, I'm trying to get face ID, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hello. 
these stupid, dumb devices. They, they call them smart, but I, I, yeah, okay. It's a gift. It serves me. You have a good relationship thank with technology. Thank you, thank yes. you, okay. It helps but I lot. do not worship don't... at your temple. Yeah, but you don't call no. them dumb. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, and, and uh, oh, that wasn't the one. Okay, so... I have it, I have it, I have it, and then, and then. It's all good, babe. Thanks, babe. We have eternal, endless time. No, we don't. Okay. But I do want to get this. Okay. Okay, here it is. All right. Um, yeah, it's not here either. Okay. <laughs> it's Exodus 32 something, but. Oh, it, that's but a good one. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. a really good one, okay. but I don't have it in my phone. Okay. So anyway, it describes who God is. It says it right here. Oh, yeah, I did write it down. Exodus 34, 6. Okay, if you want to describe who God is, sometimes it can get very challenging. But he says, this is who I am. And he tells us very, very clearly. 34, 6 says this. I'm compassionate. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. And then he says, I am faithful and true. That characteristic of faithful, he is faithful to all generations. He is faithful to me. You see, when I want to express my trust or my faith in in God, when I want to express my trust or my faith in him, this isn't something that I conjure up or I create in and of me. But this is something that I first experience in his reality. And then all of a sudden, I exchange my weakness for his strength. As I begin to experience his faithfulness, then I can defy all odds. And I can possess the promises that he wants to bring to my life. Isn't that wonderful? It really begins with him. And I'm so encouraged by this whole phrase, defying the odds, because that tells me that even in this season, when this is this dumb time to go forward, this doesn't feel like I have any faith at all. God says, and I love this, said the spy stories. Can we just have a minute just being excited about spy stories? I love that Bob just told us two spy stories. And in the history of time, there was a year called 1965. And in 1965 came the first episode of Get Smart. And I'm telling you a dum dum da da dum da dum dum da dum da 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 All the younger generation are like, what? What? Maxwell Smart. Okay. I'm telling you. Agent 99. I got so much fashion inspiration from Agent 99. I mean, by the time I was born, oh, the other thing that happened in 1965 is that I was born. I was made for this, you guys. I was made to be a spy. I am intrigued by spies. I am intrigued by having a covert operation where you walk into a room and no one even knows what's going on, the Holy Spirit in you, and people start going, what's going on here? It's like, oh, there's a covert operation going on that you don't even know about, but the atmosphere is changing because I'm in it. I like spies because they use invisible ink, and I believe that we are called as spies 
spies, Holy Spirit spies, to make the invisible visible in my thoughts, in my imagination, in my faith. This is going to become spy land, and I'm intrigued by this. I love spies. I love doing stuff that's secret, and I love doing stuff that's good, and you don't even know. We're going to go to dark places and bring light, and they're going, how come I can see all of a sudden? Oh, because I'm letting my little light shine. You thought I was just a nice, sweet little girl, but apparently I'm a spy. I was born in 1965. I was made for this. And so here we go. We got some two spy stories, and that's what I love about these two spy stories. But listen to this. Ten said no, No. and two said go. Let's go. Ten said no, two said go. What are the odds of that? Ten say no, two said no. Let me tell you my own personal story of defying the odds, because you have some. I'm looking at you right now. You have defied the odds. There are times when you shouldn't have gotten through and you did. There are times when it wasn't going to happen and then you look back and go, wait, but it did. It did. Because you are a person of faith and hope. And so um, it was 2001. This is another year, 2001. It's February. It's cold. We're in Canada. I was in a parking lot. And that was the moment that fear, you know, get smart, conquered, always went and got to chaos, right? So we're, we're also knowing that chaos hits our life. And that was the moment that chaos hit my life and yeah. fear. I remember the parking lot. This is probably the moment of the scariest moment of my entire life. I'm in a parking lot. I'm linking arms with Bob. And my knees start to buckle. And I didn't think I could live. Because you see, two weeks before that doctor's appointment, I had just confessed to Bob that I had had an affair. And the brokenness, the defeat that we felt, like we, we wanted to stay together, but the amount of pain, we were literally hanging by a thread. You know what I mean? Like we couldn't be together because of the rage. And you know what I'm saying? It was really hard. I did this. We were hanging by a thread, but now it came to this where we're walking out of a doctor's office and I found out that that guy got me pregnant. Oh, fear linked arms with me, you guys. He linked arms with me and he screamed at the top of his lungs and said, you are never going to, you're disqualified. Everyone in the world, because the baby won't look like the other kids, no one, everyone in the world will know the stupidest thing you've ever done and the most selfish thing you've ever done. Your happy days are over. There's no happy ending to this. You are utterly, hopelessly destroyed forever because of your failure. Can you feel the, 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 the fear? He represents those 10. 10 said, nope. But two... And hope and faith, two said, hope and faith can link your arms. And guess what hope and faith does? It whispers. Fear says, I'm taking you to a land of suffering for the rest of your life. Hope and faith whispers and said, if you'll follow Jesus, come over here. Start knowing the presence of God like never before. But, 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 but I can't but we're going to defy the odds. You're going to get through this. And you're going to get reward that you never could have gotten any other way. 
And fear goes, no, 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 no. And hope and faith whispers and say, instead of the land of suffering, I'd like to take you to the land of promise. Are you going to defy the odds? And are you going to say yes to hope and faith, the presence of God? Are you going to have a covert operation and start living in the land of milk, honey, abundance, enjoyment, even after your worst failures and mistakes, like Bob said, nothing, you are not good enough to wreck God's plans for you. Because I did really bad. That's a pretty, other people are going to have to pay now for my mistake and I cannot take time back. That seems pretty hopeless. But two said go. Ten says nope, and two say go. Hope gives you a new way of processing your life and going forward. Yes, that's right, Bob. Mm -hmm. And when you take a look at creation on those first three days, God began to create a construction or construct by which life would come forward. In in, In the midst of chaos, he spoke light life and love and then within that construct then came animals and fish and mankind and so that within this is I believe a role that we play is that we are agents of bringing the kingdom to earth of bringing heaven to earth so I'm going to begin to build a construct in cooperating or aligning my life with the realities of heaven that would then result in life, in pleasure, in answered prayer, in dreams coming true. You see, today I want you to begin to breathe just a little deeper and begin to recognize, you know what? I'm going to begin to take some advancement in my life. There is going to be advancement in my life. So I I just want to... Okay, go ahead. uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to. Go ahead. (laughs) She is, I'm telling you, real close to Holy Spirit in my life. I'm telling you. Yeah, (laughs) she is a great counselor. Okay. No, but, but I wanted to finish the story here and just simply say... We defied all odds. And through our journey, I want you to know that our son was born. You know, I just want you to know that there's a transformation because in fear, when it screams at you, if you're willing, Psalm 91 says, he or she that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow or the covering of the Almighty. Whose secret place is it? Not mine, it's his. See, he has a place in his heart specifically for you. That's right. And I was so desperate for an answer because I did not see an advancement. <coughs> this would be our great setback. But again, the Lord heals the brokenhearted. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So when my son was born, I gave him my name, Robert. His middle name is Theodore, which means divine gift. He's not an accident. He's not a mistake. He's not the result of a sexual affair, but just like my other children, born out of the heart of God and entrusted to us, we're a family. And he 
belongs. Now, I can say all of that because it happened 22 years ago. But when you're in the midst of it, it's tormenting. Because the vision is being robbed or, or taken from you, and all you see is dread. You don't see a joyful outcome. But there are others that can come alongside you. And even though you can't, let them hold your, the dream for you. And that's why it's so important to be a part of the family. You see, when you're in trouble, I don't want you running from the family of God. I want you running to the family of God. When you're in need, you don't, you know, uh, uh, follow the screams or the shouts of the enemy and isolate and remove. No, I draw near. And rather than throwing your dreams away and allowing them to shatter, would you give them to entrusted others to be able to say, help me? Because all I want to do is throw my dreams and my future away. Would you help me and hold them for me? This is a safe house that will cover you. They'll protect you. They'll fight for you. And they'll do everything they can to promote healing in your life so that you experience the advancement, the advancement. Yes. in your life yeah. and entering a land of promise. Yes. No longer are we just wandering and looking for miracles, but now we enter a land of promise where what? We establish an inheritance for our generations. And we don't wait for heaven, you guys. It's not just, we're going to, heaven's going to be amazing. We don't even know, right? We don't have a way to conceive this. However, we don't have to wait for heaven. I love, I don't like waiting for anything, to be honest. <laughs> I want even to, me. She's like, make the point already. And now... I don't even like waiting for donuts. Like, I want a donut now because I had a thought of a donut, right? Like, th these things happen. I don't want to wait for a donut. I want a donut. Like, we don't like to wait. Guess what? I love that when we can use these desires of our heart because God, Psalm 37, you mentioned Psalm 37, 4, when you delight ourselves in the Lord, he loves giving us the desires of our heart, not when we get to heaven, now. And so when we defy the odds and become that covert operation, when we're bringing his presence and light and love everywhere we go, when you say, there's no way I can forgive that person because they said that, I just smile and go, watch this. Mm -hmm. I turn. wish everything good upon you, my beautiful person, because behind that offense that you just did, you're scared of something. And I just happened to be in the way and you punched me, but that's okay. No, it isn't okay. My okay, turn. Okay, okay. No, it isn't okay. It's not polite and not right to punch people. It's not okay. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I don't forgive you. Okay, right. anyway. I need to bring this in. Okay. Okay, because, you know, our Spanish group is going to come, so I need to talk twice as fast, and you need to listen twice as fast. Okay, because, you know, Ben has to slow things down because... Keeps interrupting. He helps us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a. You know what? This weekend was so good. I, I, you know, I really enjoy you know preaching and spending time with y'all English speaking. But I'm telling you, the Spanish group, they outshine y'all. Oh sorry. my god! <laughs> wow, that's popular information. Right I'm there. He doesn't know I how, love to, you, he doesn't but, know how oh, to be liked. If you want to be liked, you're not going to be they talking really, like that. They, they loved on me big time this weekend. 
Okay. You're, no, you're Here the best. Here we go. You're Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter 4. Audrey will make you all feel better if I hurt you. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this. For which cause we faint not. Yes. But though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is being renewed, say with me, day Day by by day. Day by day by day by day. Okay, day day by day we're being renewed. This is the transformation. This is the divine exchange. My life for his life. Mm -hmm. My thoughts for his thoughts. My ways for his ways. You see, Christ in me is my hope of glory. You see, it's not what I have to give, give up, but it's more of what I receive. You see, I, I receive all from him. He is my very life. This isn't something that I'm trying to conjure up or create in order that I might be tain, obtain, but rather it's all in him. It began with him, it is in him, and it will end in him. Yes. Okay, so... Here it says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, and then it goes on and says, for our light affliction. Everyone say light affliction. Light affliction. It ain't nothing, nothing light about it when you're going through it. No. It, your pain can be blinding. When we were going through it, ain't nothing light about it. No. But we had others come around side us, and they, they could see things that we could not see. So our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it says, meaning this, and this too shall pass. In the moment you feel as though that it will define me, it will limit me, it will be my greatest setback, yet, Bob, I hear you saying that God wants to bring an advancement to my life, but now I'm just going to resort to surviving. No, I want you to know that if you will not faint, this light affliction, which is but for a moment, will catergazumai your life. It's a Greek word. It's just fun saying. Okay? Which means it works for you. In other words, it will fashion a benefit for your life that you could not have gotten any other way. And then it says, and far more exceeding, meaning hooperbuli, this benefit that God has. He says, if you'll trust me and not quit and place it in my care, he says, I'm going to fashion benefit for your life that will advance your life, that will hooperbule you. And then it says to an eternal weight of glory. He says, I want to burden your life with my abundance. Whoa. There's an oxymoron. Lord, burden me with your abundance. So much. That's Vita Church. Right. That's life. Yes. Because I know life and life in abundance. I know more than enough. But if you will not quit, God says, I will propel you forward. I want to advance your life. And here's one of the beauties is all of a sudden, now I got new vision. Now I've got a whole new point of view. Now I got a whole new perspective. But in the midst of it, this light of of affection, affliction. Ooh, that one got careful, careful. Got close. (laughs) (laughs) Is but for a moment. But if you'll trust him, if you'll trust him, because he's faithful. And he proves himself faithful. Again and again and again. Lord, I'm going to trust you. I place my life, my marriage, my children, 
my hopes, my dreams, my finances, my health into your care. And I'll follow you and I will not faint. And he says, wonderful. Let me burden you with my abundance that you would have more than enough for you and your generations. You see, this is where we as a family begin to influence our communities. You see, our sphere of influence with bringing heaven to earth. Don't have to wait. I didn't say we did. I know. I'm just reminding all of us. Yes. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, because you got to do all your stuff here. I got lots of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. This is, this is a tag team preaching. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's a his, her, he says, she, you know, and it's just like, and we're working we're, we're this do, We're out. doing great. We're doing are we great. Doing, are yeah. you fine? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's. Super fun, let, Bob. We're spies. So, we're freaking spies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got this yeah, covert yeah, yeah, operation. Yeah, yeah. I'm 99 and you're, and you're, well, you got, well, you don't look like Get Smart, actually, yeah. Maxwell, but. No, no. What, what, uh, the commit, the, the chief. chief. Yeah. Oh, he's the yeah, chief. Yeah, I'm the chief. You're right. Thank I'll, you, I'll take that one. All we'll right. have to get that cone of silence. <laughs> It never works. That, that's the fun part of it. It what, never what works. What I love is that Max is so, like, doesn't try, and it works. And I think that law of least effort, it works. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like you know what? Like, I'm just trusting, and it always works yeah. out for me. Even the, you know, it just does. Okay. In Mark chapter 8, Vine Bartimaeus, <laughs> Jesus comes and meets him in Jericho one day. And Jesus asks him this very specific question. He says, Bartimaeus, what do you want? <laughs> Better translated, Bartimaeus, what are you willing for me to do for you? Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Seems obvious. But just prior to that, there's a detail written in Mark 8, and it says that Bartimaeus uh, stepped up from the street curb, but he removed his garment. The garment that he wore would have been issued to him by Roman rule, meaning that it identified him as a legitimate blind man worthy of receiving alms. Are you tracking with me? But he says, I'm going to Jesus. The crowd tried to silence him, but Jesus says, who is this guy? Tell him to come here. You see, I want you to begin to have some tenacity and persistence and do not quit. You see, I want you to pursue him with everything you've got. You show up. You, you, defy you, the you be here yes. in worship. You be here in serving. You, you plant yourself here. Okay, and you allow yourself to be influential in other people's lives and watch the multiplied return into your own. So Bartimaeus presses through, but Jesus asks him very specifically, what, do you, what are you willing for me to do for you? He says, I want to see. But it was very important that he removed his garment because the garment that he wore was his identity. The, the garment that he wore was his source of income. The, the garment that he wore was a life that he was willing to leave. You see, what, what are you willing to put behind? What are you willing to let go of that you might embrace him and experience the extravagance that he has for your life? You see, you want to hold on to both, but it's just like, no, I'm willing to put this behind because I want to see. Vision is key. Okay, so we want to have some advancement in our lives, but then this is um, uh, fortified by vision. Vision has everything to do with thought. 
90% of your thoughts today are the same thoughts that you had yesterday. So then we just continue to live in a cycle of familiarity and you wonder why you're beginning to feel as though you're stuck and nothing is changing because our thoughts then link to the choices that we make. And then these choices, again, I just keep making the same choice. But when this is a real scheme of the enemy, he says he robs from us the perception that I don't have a choice. What a lie. This day, I'm going to choose life. This day, I'm going to choose to come in alignment and agreement with what my Heavenly Father says about me. And I'm going to, to say, be and true. this day, I choose not to listen at fear screaming at me that it's going to just take me to the land of suffering. And I'm going to choose to listen to the whisper of hope and faith inviting me to this amazing land of promise. I'm going to take every thought captive, and then I'm going to begin to come in agreement. I'm going to begin to make choices. I have a choice. And then as I begin to make my choices, then it begins to affect directly my behavior. Okay? And then when it affects my behavior, then it affects my experiences. And the experience is what leaves the impact on my heart, okay, positive or negative. But what I want to do is I don't want to just read about the realities of heaven. I want to experience the realities of heaven. I don't want to read about how God loves me. I want to experience his love for me. I dare not enter into this world or into my day without first experiencing his love. Because if I do, then I'm living with a deficiency and I'm going to look to get from you what I should be getting from him. And then I become a user in my relationships. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, this is where I abide in his secret place. And my father covers me and he speaks tenderly to my heart. He says, son, I know who you are. And then with full confidence, I can begin to go into my day. And here's what I begin to experience. Some new accomplishments of new goals. Because I've been willing to exchange my thoughts for his thoughts, my ways for his ways. See, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to change the channel. And what I'm going to do, Lord, I set my attention and my focus on you. This is, this is really key because, you know, a good question to answer for yourself is simply this. How do you practically turn up the truth in your life? How do you practically turn up the truth in your life when you're constantly being fed by this dumb device, I mean, smart device every single moment. What's the weather like? What's the news like? What's, what's trending? What's this? What's that? <clears throat> now, I, 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 I derailed and I recognize I stepped on some toes. But I'm, I'm fighting for you, not against you. I want you to begin to defy the odds in your life. But if you're feeling stuck and you feel like you're not getting any traction and you're not making any advancement, Jesus 
open my eyes, I want to see. There are some things in my life I need to put off. But Jesus, I'm going to get through because I know you can heal my sight. What are you willing? Here's a good question. What are you willing for Jesus to do for you? Are you desperate enough to shout out and cry out and pursue him and defy the odds and not allow the crowd to silence you that you might get to him and experience his loving kindness, his mercy, his truth, his faithfulness? That's what I want. Because then I don't have to struggle trying to live clean trying to please him. No, now I get to live free because I have a whole new nature. So in closing. Really? Yeah. In closing. I'm only part way through, babe. In closing, I want to talk about, I want to talk about faith. Yes. Because faith is an inside work and an outside work. Faith is inside because faith makes faith is making substance of things hoped for, the things we can't even imagine, the evidence of things not seen. So I can close my eyes and go to his secret place, and I can create with him and imagine with him all how he loves me. I can imagine my path ahead of me. You can imagine your path ahead of you and remove the obstacles and make things visible that are invisible so that you can have a covert operation and say no to that block in your path and say, no, I'm going through. Or go to that river where it feels like the season is so hard, and you can go to that in in the secret place, and you can say, Jesus, because you hold my hand. Ten say no, but two say go because you're holding my hand, and we're going to walk across that river because we're not scared. Faith says I'm not scared to go to any, any situation or live with any people. So what I'd love to help you with about inside work and outside work, faith without works is dead. We've got to take action sometimes. And so it's both. It's all this time in God's presence, in your secret place, alone, thinking, believing, reading, turning up the truth in your life, getting good thoughts in your life, and then soaking them up and absorbing them and making pictures and movies of them, scriptures, so that they become such an experience for you. That's the inside work of faith. And the outside work prepares for the answered prayer. It's like digging the ditches while you're praying for the rain. Okay, that's what faith does. But you dig the ditches... You can do all the meditation with the Bible medication. Medication, yeah, it is. Biblical meditation and medication, do all that. But then you got to dig the ditch because that's you saying, I'm going to do this. I'm expecting this. And so how do you live in our covert operation with other people's atmospheres, other people's convictions that you don't necessarily have, and other people's choices? God put you in a world where you are surrounded by those who will teach you. The people that are the hardest, that I have in my personal life, the people that have been the most challenging have the one, been the ones that have taught me the richest, deepest treasures in my life. Because if I don't resist them, but I let them in and I say, God, I need your heart for this person because they're making such stupid choices. Jesus, they're bringing, I have my, I can, 
have my time with you in the morning, and I've got like a whole circle around me of atmosphere that's full of peace, joy, love, rock and roll, whatever, right? I've got this whole thing. But if I walk into a situation where that person rejects me or, or doesn't thank me or just even little things, gives me a dirty look or something, then all of a sudden my atmosphere is ruined. Why don't you be inspired to have a covert operation where you're going to learn to love the unlovable even when they have different convictions than you, different choices than you, different atmospheres for you and atmospheres and invite them in and arouse the enthusiasm of the masses to say, you know what, I want to live like that. Because that is our covert operation. Because your life is not about your circumstances. Your life is about who you're going to agree with. Your life is not about your circumstances, who you're living with, where you live, what you do for a living. I know it feels like it's such a big deal, all those things, but it's actually not really your life. Your life is not about the facts of life. Facts are facts. If you don't learn from that person, there's another person that's going to show up and do the same thing. So just learn. Pass the test. You're in earth school. Pass the test so you can do the next one. So in this, it's not about the facts, but who are you going to agree with? And we are going to defy the odds. We're going to do it. I can just feel it in you. You're going to say, I can recognize where fear has been screaming at me, but I know that faith and hope, the voice of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been whispering me to say, come on over here. We're going to defy the odds. Mm-hmm. And no matter what mistake you made, we're going to get through this. And when I went through, I remember when I got through that pregnancy and little yes. Robert was born and we went, Jesus said, I said, Jesus, remove me from this. Give me a miscarriage. I can't do this. And Jesus says, no, I'm not going to take you, evacuate you out of your circumstances, but I'm going to take you through. And that's what he's going to do for you. He's going to take you through to cross the Jordan and take you to that promised land where that I can now experience rewards of my sweet little Robert hugging us, 22-year-old living with us. And he hugs us goodbye and says, have an amazing day at church, mom and dad. I love you. Have the best day. That's who I live with right now. That's because we defied the odds. Odds said we shouldn't even be together. And I get a hug from the son. That's a blessing in our life. God wants to bring blessing to your life. And he can use anything to bring blessing to your life. Today, defy the odds. Defy the odds of the circumstances that surround your life. And determine within your heart that this will not be my great setback, but I'm going to trust God, and I will not quit, that he would propel my life forward. He is going to bring advancement. Today, I have new vision. I can, I can see more clearly because I'm, I'm allowing to put the past behind, and I'm coming into an agreement, everyone say an agreement, with what my father says about me to be true. And as that begins to happen, that's where faith is ignited because he is compassionate. He is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He is faithful and true because he's faithful to you and you allow that to in, allow that reality to impact and imprint your life. Now, Lord, I can't but faithful to you I want to inhabit the promises 
that you paid for, for me. Not just for me, but for my marriage, for my family, for my generations, for the people that I'm sitting with. I'm running a covert operation here where I choose to abide in your secret place that I might bring a loving, caring influence to the outcome of your life as well. Here you belong. Here you can grow. From here we can influence the nation.